Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hi, I'm Chris Frostad, the president and CEO of PurePoint Uranium Group, Inc. We are a exploration company operating out of northern Saskatchewan in the Athabasca Basin. Uh, we have about a dozen projects uh, currently uh, underway. Um, our primary projects are joint ventures we hold with Cameco and Arano, and we are uh, all looking forward to a more robust uranium market in the near future. Chris, good to have you back. I haven't seen you since April. Uh, obviously, it was different times then. It's been a little reset in the marketplace. What did you make of that? Was it needed? Uh, yeah, it's been a bit of a reset. I think everybody's come back down to February, March levels, actually, in terms of share price. It was uh, you know, from, the, from close to the end of last year up until, well, up until uh, May, actually, um, everybody was on a bit of a tear. Um, I think the markets maybe overdid it a bit and they've, they've slacked off over the summer, but it's really, it's come down to that kind of, like I say, February, March uh, pricing, which is about the time when we did our last financing. And, you know, maybe things will now even out as, as uh, we wait for, for the next major move in the markets. Do you think you picked up some new investors or was it just a, such a flurry around this sort of February, March time that it was generalists coming in and out and your same old investors are still there? Well, no. I mean, I think there was a lot of new money came in. Uh, all of us were raising money back in that time and then even, even beyond. Uh, there was some large raises done that, that hadn't been done in a while. And I know in our case, uh, we, we picked up a number of new investors, a number of, of large funds that were starting you know, to prepare themselves for, for a change in the, in the uranium market. Um, and I think everybody got a lot of that over, over that period of time. Right. You raised a bit of money back. This is remind people. You raised a bit of money back then. I think it was, you, you had to. You raised another five. I think. Did, where did you end up on that? Was it five or did you take more? It was five. It right. was five. Okay. Right on. Um, yeah. I mean, the, we'd, we'd seen quite an increase even from our December raise in terms of share price. And we thought it was probably a good time to kind of secure ourselves from a uh, from a financing standpoint and get the banks ready to go. Because at that time, we were looking to uh, bring on a number of projects that we had sort of had in advance for a while. So it was time to start uh, getting the drill back out. Uh, we had some permits and and kind of get things rolling again and getting getting things ready. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of stories getting tightened up over the last year. Right. Okay. Can, can we just deal, deal with the you know it's it's the kind of flagship project, but you're not in control. It's a it's a Rano. It's 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 Kamiko. Where are you with that? Because I do want to talk about your twelve other sure. projects. So what's happening no, with those fine. guys? So yeah, it's it's Hook Lake. Hook Lake is is the joint venture that we hold with with Camaco and Arana. We have a twenty one percent interest. Uh, the interesting part about that project is we're the operator, which is not normal with a junior and two majors. Um, but but that project sits on the what's known as the Patterson uh, Patterson uh, Uranium District. We are adjacent to NextGen's Aero Deposit and uh, Fission's Triple um, R Deposit. And uh, and we're working that project with 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 our two partners. Now they've um, uh, they're great partners, and they've allowed us a, a fair amount of flexibility in terms of what we do and how we do it, and it's kept us busy and happy and and relevant over the last few years. Um, as of late, as a matter of fact, I would say this year it was probably the only uh, drill program outside of one other one near MacArthur that Cameco was funding. So uh, it's it's still a very relevant uh, area. Uh, that uh, both of those uh, both of those companies seem to feel has uh, a lot more work to do out there. 
Okay, well, apart from management fees, what else have you made there in terms of creating value, in terms of being able to talk to the market and say, this thing has significantly advanced? Because, I mean, what's the budget, first of all, for drilling? Well, this last year, it was a million and a half dollars. It's been as high as five. It's in the three range, typically. Um, and we're just getting into the budget season. So we'll be finding out shortly, probably closer to the end of September, um, September, October, where, uh, where the, the next year's budget will come. That's kind of the, the, the timing of everything. They, budgets will get set between November, October, November uh, for the coming year. And that, that's, that's what we use to move forward on. Okay. So if there's one thing I associate with you, it's, it's, it's timing things, right? So tell me about Hook Lake. I mean, one and a half million bucks or there or thereabouts. It's not a whole bunch. It's not meaningful to Cameco. So how are you planning to time that in, in, in terms of develop, moving that along the exploration curve up to the development curve? I mean, what does it look like, that project? Well, it's, it's yeah, okay. It's a fairly large project is, is the point. And, and, you know, neither Arano or, or uh, Cameco, uh, I mean, they, they go at exploration differently than a junior does. So it's it's a very large project. We've done a lot of geophysical work, a lot of uh, a lot of surveying, and a lot of drilling. Uh, and it's actually not one target; it is a variety of targets that that we test and reprioritize and systematically go out and and and, and view. And I think as we've moved away, we spent a fair amount of time right at our southern claim line on a on a deposit we identified called Spitfire. Um, and once we once we'd kind of bordered that off, and we knew how big it it, it could be. Um, we moved on, and we've been moving systematically up the up that corridor. Um, and and to date, you know, obviously we haven't uh, poked a hole through another uh, another aero deposit, but we've been we've been moving further north where it gets deeper. There are three or four other target areas that we have to get over to and, and get to that are in that same vicinity and and hold the same sort of uh, indicators and, and promises as anything in the area. So it really is a matter of every year going back and reprioritizing where we want to go next. Uh, but but what they will not do is just blanket the place with, with drills. Right. Okay. As you said, I think as you're intimating, Arana and Kamiko will come at this differently from a, from a junior because this is such a small part of the exploration budget, um, it's a much longer term time horizon for, for them. You know, they've got things like I think Millennial, which is possibly people looking at as their next big project. Um, so this this sits somewhere, somewhere off in the distant future. So for your shareholders, they look at this as it will be big someday, no time soon, but we've got that in our back pocket. Is that the way they should view Hook Lake? Well, you know, when you when you say they've got that, you know, it's a small part of their their exploration budget. It's not. It's it's pretty much most of their exploration budget because they've reduced their exploration so drastically. I think I think the way to look at it now is that it it is a project. And again, I've said this before, but but neither of these companies can free up budget for something they don't think at least has the potential for a hundred million pounds. So that's what they look at and that's what they're looking for. So that that adds some credence and validation to the project overall. Uh, and the fact that that it continues to be to be funded on their side, th- they do pace it, and they will they will pace us in this particular project. It has been a project we can focus on to date, but that's that's one of the reasons why we have you know started turning the camera back on another ten projects that we have that that have got you know significant value as well that we think is huge potential and and and. That that's that's really what we want to now show uh, you know a lot of our investors that that we're more than a one trick pony here. 
No, I, I get that. And I do want to come on to the, the 12 other projects, um, you know, because like I say, you've got permits on some of them. So, but, but I just want to, I want to, want to help people understand how should they value, how should they look at in terms of understanding when value can be created with Hook Lake. You, you, you say you've got some latitude and some leeway from Arano uh, and, and, and Kamako. Does that mean you're defining where you're going to target or are they doing that? Because they don't want to fill, they don't want to pin, you know, pin, do a pincushion approach here. What what are you driving them to try and do? Because that's you've got to do the best for your shareholders, and they've they've got their that's own right. agenda, right? So how does that balance that's work? Right. Out? That's right. So I mean, we right now we're we're I mean we've got other targets that we feel that we should be we should be looking at, and and uh, and and they they agree as well. It comes down to a matter of priority. Who which, which do you think has the most potential? Uh, at the end of the day, and where's work been done? Um, and so yes, it is it is a bit of a longer term. Process it is. I, I, I don't deny that. Um, you know the other the other joint venture right next door is Smart Lake, and again it's one that that was our was Chemical's priority project until until Hook started to to light up, um, and they're going to want to go back there, but they're not going to want to go back with a drill. They're going to want to go back and do some geophysics first, and then they're going to look at that, and we can analyze that. We can determine where. So there there is a real process to what they do which is somewhat different than a bunch of juniors might do. If, if we were spending money, you know, purely, purely to make our stock move one way or the other, we might go at it a little different. We might be twinning holes we've already drilled before and, and things like that to come up with a big number. I mean, that, that's, that's what we do. So it's, you know, it's, it's one of those projects where we, we're kind of forced and, and, and you know, not, you know, we, don't, we don't have a problem with that. We're kind of forced to act like a major <laughs> in, in how we approach it. And so, yes, it'll take time. It'll, you know, it's, it's, it, but I, it, like exploration, you don't know whether it's going to be this winter or the winter after. I mean, it, it, it is, it's a process and, and hopefully every, every program is focused on, you know, making the big hole for sure. But, you know, it'll, 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 it'll take its course. I just think, I, and sorry to labor the point, but I just want people to understand what they're getting into bed with. Because you want happy investors. You don't want investors giving you jip every day oh, yeah. because th this isn't, you know, being, you know, big headlines aren't being created and you aren't sort of, you know, blowing blowing this thing, you know, up. It is deliberate, cautious, uh, process that a major would follow. And that's in the back pocket. Let's get into the 12 projects that you've got. Last time we spoke, you talked about the three uh, permits that you have for drilling on um, Red Willow, Umfraville, and uh, Hende. Right. Right? So give us an update on those three. And then I think you were also going to look at other drilling permits elsewhere. So you can give us an update. Let's start with those three. Sure. So um, we we um, uh, earlier in the spring we started at Red Willow. Now Red Willow again, it's it's quite a, it's it's a very very large area of project. It's right on the edge of the basin. It's on the eastern side of the basin, um, and there's there's actually probably eight or nine target zones. They're not just drill targets. They're zones that we're looking at. Um, so we we kind of picked our two priorities and and we went out. One that's called Osprey. The other is called Geneva. So the first, uh, the first drilling we went out, and again, we're, because we've got a number of targets we want to get back to um, you know, and reprioritize, uh, we're, we're taking shorter, shorter programs at each of these. So Osprey uh, was our first, first hit. We've actually got a small pod of, of mineralization or deposit in that area, uh, which is why we keep going back there, because uh, as we found the best indicator mineral for uranium tends to be uranium. 
So um, we're uh, we went back to an area to follow up at a, at a it's called the hinge zone, and it was uh, a particular structure that we were following up on. We were able to to determine the the angle of that of that structure, follow it along, and and to be honest, we weren't we we didn't find anything that would excite anybody, and that's fine. So now we know where we sit with that particular target area. Uh, we then moved down to Geneva. Um, the results, uh, the assays are out this morning, uh, as with Umfraville, but uh, with Geneva, we were following up again in an area where we had historic uh, uranium that we were following up on in structure. And we were able to um, pretty much triple the, the, the length of, uh, of radioactivity we were finding before and, and kind of double that grade. We were finding like 0.06%. Um, but it, 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 it adds to the story and it, it is now sending us in another direction. So, so that we now know is, is more of a priority uh, going forward. Umfraville was a bit of a surprise. Um, Umfraville we've had for some time. It's at the northern part of the basin, and there's been very little exploration work done up there by anybody. Um, and we've done, and a lot of it is because it's, very, it's, it's just difficult to see from a geophysical standpoint, um, you, you're somewhat operating blind up there, so people just stay away from it. Uh, we've been doing different surveys and things on it for, for quite some time now. We'd never put a drill hole in it, but we'd identified you know, soil sample, soil anomalies of uranium. We'd, uh, in this case, we were targeting a gravity low. Now, again, you know, what we're looking for, where the mineralization tends to be, is in this basement rock at the bottom of the sandstone, either, either at or below. And that basement rock is made up of granite and softer sediments. And your, your mineralization is many times kind of sitting in between, up against that granite, but you're not gonna find it in granite. It's usually in your softer rocks. And the reason I say that is because the one hole we drilled when we looked at it um, was not overly exciting because it was just a lot of granite. And um, when we got the assays back, we realized that the thing was soaked in uranium which we can't really explain at this moment. <laughs> um, we got uh, crazy high uh, uranium levels in the granite. And so what, what sort of a mineralization event would, would cause that to happen is, is we've never seen anything like that across the basin. We've drilled through a lot of mineralization over time, but never something looked like this. So we've, we staked a bunch more area Around that, around that claim line, around that, that claim property, and um, <clears throat> and we we need to go back up and, and follow up on that definitely. So um, we we may be able, depending on the availability of drills, we may be able to get back up there later this fall. Um, but but we definitely now see that we need to follow up on that and, and better understand what it is we're looking at. Hyundai, you say you took to Umfraville there. That's Umfraville. What about Hyundai? Now, Henday, uh, Henday, we're looking at uh, starting the drill project later this month. So we haven't been out, out there yet. Henday is a smaller project. I'd almost call it a drill target than a, than a project. Um, but it's an area that, that's a smaller project. Again, we've had it for some time. We've not yet drilled it. It sits very close to um, um, the Rough Rider zone, the triple uh, or, or the J zone. Um, Denison has a bunch of deposits around there. So it's, it's in a good area and it, and we, we will get out there later this month and, uh, and, and 
Yeah, okay, so we'll, 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 let's let's run through a few of the other projects like um, you know Turner and Smart Lake, etc. Uh, and anything else that you're working on, any other permits that you've got? Because I wanted to sort of do a roundup at the end because I want to try and understand the strategy. Sure. Because seven million bucks gets you so far, right? And I mean, I mean, at this point, we're, we we've been doing pretty well. We're do, we've still got a little over five million in the bank, um, and. Uh, and we're, we'll make sure that we're, we're using it as appropriately as possible. So as we go, as we look at our other projects, those are the three we had permits on this year. And the permitting process has, has gotten a lot longer in the last year or so. Um, and it's held up a lot of drilling in the area for a lot of other folks. Um, so we are, um, we are working on permits for SMART. We're working on permits for Turner uh, for the coming year. Uh, SMART Lake, again, as I mentioned, is a, it's the, uh, it's a joint venture with Cameco. Uh, we own 27%. Um, we've only had one drill program out there and we hit uranium in the first drill hole. Um, we we want to follow up on that, uh, but there's some geophysics we'll, we'll need to do first. So our, our, our expectation is that uh, Cameco will free up some budget for us to do that in January probably. Um, but, but we won't know until, until the budgets are done in the next month or two. So in the meantime, we are securing the, the proper permits, et cetera, to do that. Excuse me, Turner Lake. Um, again, we're applying for permits there. That is, is up on a trend that uh, holds the Lorac, uh, Cameco's Lorac uh, showing, and, uh, and more recently, ISO Energy's uh, Hurricane Zone. We're all on that same uh, that same uh, corridor, and so we are uh, we're securing permits again to get up there as well, and that but that would not be until the new year. So we you know it, best case scenario uh, come January we will be hopefully we'll be drilling at Hook we will be um, doing geophysics at Smart uh, and and doing drilling at Turner Lake. And depending on what we see at Umfreville again and at, and at Henday uh, in the coming month or so, we may change that up as well. Okay. So that's five of the 12 projects, but th th those are the, the, the primary focus for you. I mean, I say you're still waiting on permits for, for Smart and, and Turner. You haven't done anything at Henday. So Umfreville and uh, Redwell are the only ones that you've been for. Hence, that's why you only spent two million bucks. Yeah, we've just yeah, that's the drilling we've uh, done so far. Okay, so that's yeah. just two million is not a lot, right? So I, it, it comes back to this thing. Like I said at the beginning, it was a compliment to you. Is like is one thing I associate with you is timing it right. You weren't wasting money when others were until the time was right. So how are you planning on timing this? Two million bucks on two projects out of twelve. Is it just a case of just cautiously? possibly nervously moving this thing forward until you see some moment in the market. And so what is that market? What does that market moment need to be for you? Well, you, again, you, you can only properly spend money so fast, right? So, I mean, we, we can't drill where we can't, where we don't have a permit. So we've gone and drilled where we have permits and, and we've followed up on things. Now we're going to look at, look at that and see what the next step would be. Um, you know, we, ha we have adequate money in the bank, even after we do this drilling, to, if, if all we did next year is Smart Lake and Hook Lake um, with Cameco, et cetera, we've got, we've got ample money. So we don't need to go out and, and continuously raise money and burn through it um, on an ongoing basis. We can really, really watch this market. Because like I said before, I think what we've seen over the last six to eight months is a re-rating. The market is getting ready. We're getting ready. 
our peers are getting ready, and we've seen this tightening up of, of, of the uranium sector. And but you know we're we're still at the starting line. We're still waiting for that gun to go off. And uh, you know when it goes off, you know we we can we can certainly amp things up overnight. But we need to be able to demonstrate that we've got we've got the places to spend that money, and that's what we're doing now. We're making sure that that we have proper projects at various stages. It's not just one hail mary project that that we hope hope comes through in that first drill program. We've we've got those. Um, but, uh, but there's different work that has to be done. So you, you can really only spend it so fast unless, unless you're just flying helicopters in the air to burn gas. Well, well absolutely, but, but some are. So that's why I'm, I'm intrigued. That's why I want to have this conversation with you, right? Which is, there the, the has been a re-rate in the market. We saw it in February, March. It was, it was, the re-rate was up. People you know, traveled. You, know, you, you, you did exceedingly well at the time, like a few other people. And then it's re-rated down. Recently, where the, the kind of expectation of I don't know what Sprott Physical Uranium Trust was going to change everyone's fortunes, but hasn't yet had the impact that people expect. In fact, I spoke to the I spoke to John Chiampaglia. He he said that perhaps the the, the investors were a little bit. Oh, you know, overly optimistic about or their expectations about what it was going to do. So, well, well, it's only a month. It's only been a month. You know, I mean that that Sprott has taken over. And, um, but, but that's my point, uh, is that the, the reaction south, is that a more market-driven thing or an expectation that you know, Sprott would do more? I mean, wh- where do things well, come I, from for uranium I, can specifically? I, can, I, can I share a slide with you? Am I for sure, yeah. You can, okay, you can well, do hang that. On. I'm going I'm to try something here and just show you something that, that, you know, this is something that we looked at. This is not planned, folks. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. So this this is what what this what you're looking at is a percentage price change pegged at January 1, 2018. Okay, so the change in these numbers this is is all pegged back to that that date. Mm. So the red line is your change in the spot price, and you can quite easily see you know this is where COVID hit and things kind of went nuts and they were shutting down mines and then it drifted off and then they shut down a few more mines. So that was that was. Um, that was the spot price. Again, as I mentioned before, your dotted blue line here is your long-term price, which which barely barely twitters from uh, one day to the next. And your yellow line is your Sprott ETF, which up until a month or so ago was uh, was Uranium Participation Group. The black line represents the average share price change of twenty-four uranium companies. It's all of us. There's I don't know. I think there's six or eight uh, producers and a bunch of developers and maybe six uh, explorers in there. But this is, this is how their stock prices moved over time. And as, as you know, uranium prices, spot prices was laying, laying out in 2019 into 2020, you know, all of our stock prices were languishing for the most part. And, and, and then it popped back. So, I mean, the interesting things here is, you know, I mean, we came at the end of the year. I mean, we came from way down here. Can you see my cursor? Yes. There you go. We came from way down here to way up here. I mean, it was it was incredible. And now it's just kind of drifted back down and found another home. So maybe it overshot the proper level. What's interesting is is uh, the spot numbers and the spot price numbers are starting to get tighter together again. And and you know, as I've said, I think you know, I think the ETF will act as a bit of a market maker for the spot price because they will be buying on a regular basis. I think they've bought over 900 million pounds so far uh, in the last little while. So they're, they're, you know, they're, they're managing that market or tightening it up. 
Um, and maybe what we're going to see is that, you know, the, the change in the equities is going to start matching that same sort of curve. So, you know, we've only come back down to where we were in, in February and March, and that wasn't a bad time. That was a good level. I was happy with that for now. But, but I think, you know, this is the re-rating you've seen come up. And, and we may, you know, we may plateau here for a while, hopefully. This is what September is going to bring, a little happier time. And until, uh, until um, you know, until we see that long-term price move, you know. <laughs> nice. Just, oh, yeah, some more. Oh, good. Well, no, this is the where, same. Where does the spot rapid. ETF, as you're labeling, spot ETF data come from, given that this spot has only been around for just over a month? I'm sorry. What about it? The spot ETF. You, you you've got data going back to 2018. Well, because it's it's uranium participation prior to that. Right. Okay. Just want to be clear for folks at home. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. I mean, this 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 slide. All we're doing is is we've actually divvied up the producers from the developers from the explorers, and and they're essentially moving at the same sort of pace and whatever, just at, at different levels of of uh, up or down. So beautiful. You know, that's that's. That's what we see happening. I think, you know, I think we, like I said, we keep saying we've been re-rated. The world has been re-rated for us um, and for investors and, and everybody's getting in, getting ready, um, their house in order. And, you know, we're, we're going to wait for the next gun to go off. Well, well that's, that was the question, which was, what is that moment? What is that gun going off moment for you? What does it look like? It's, it's when, we, when we see the long-term contract price move in earnest, truly in earnest. Um, you know, the spot price can move between $25 and $35 all it likes. That's just people passing around the same damn uranium. That's, 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 you know, that's about all that is. When the utilities finally decide, okay, enough is enough. We better, we better nail down the house here and, and start signing some contracts. That's when you're going to see the price go from $32, which, is an, in, which isn't even a, a, a value for the most part, up to where it needs to be. 40 bucks, 45, 50, whatever that number is going to be. And, it, and it's not going to ease up over a year. It's, going to, it's just going to have to move because nobody's going to sign a contract with these guys at, at a loss at this point after all, after all the waiting. No, okay, so the, the underlying story has not changed at all. So inside of Gary Bettman. <laughs> in five years. In five <laughs> years. I know, that, well, that's, that's the thing that people forget. In five yeah. years, you talk about lost opportunity cost. Um, which again, coming back to why you had decided to kind of, you know, be in suspend, suspended animation for a, lot, a, long, a long period of time made a lot of sense, right? No point spending money when it wasn't going to be recognized or valued, right? Right. Um, right. But you have, start, you have decided to start towards the end of last year. You have raised money. You are cautiously sp um, with, with how you're spending your money here. But at some point... Uh, let's say contracts do start getting signed. I, you know, I expect there will be a reaction in the marketplace. Um, you still, as a you know, thirty million today uh, market cap company, are going to have to be careful about where you spend your time and money, and where which projects will give you the value that you need to go and raise cheaper money down the line. You know, is it best to focus on the one or two like you're doing now? But you're saying it's that's just purely a, a permitting constraint. Or do you try and do you know all five? Well, the you know again we we talk about twelve projects, but let's face it, you know four, five, six, six of them are fairly early stage. Um, they're not ready to see a drill. Um, you know, four of those projects were staked purely based. You know, again, this is on new theories, new views of the world. In that you can find deposits outside of the basin. A 
B, we're looking at, in case of four of them, it's, it's based on a Tabernor uh, fault system that runs from South Dakota all the way up through the, through the basin. And many of the deposits in the basin have been attributed to that north-south uh, faulting system uh, that cuts across the southwest to northeast system. Um, and uh, so we've got some fairly big projects there that will probably now boil down. We don't need to hang on to all of them. So the first stage will be to, to really do go through a lot of the historic work that's been done there and then, and then fly over it and probably drop two thirds of it. Um, you know, then you move down. So there is, there's a process to, to keep drilling this stuff down. As we're bringing that through the pipeline, we can continue working on our, our Turner Lakes and our, and our uh, Red Willows and our Umfervilles and, and the ones that we're able to drill and, and, and have significant findings and, and keep moving along. It's all about making a discovery. I mean, I mean until you make a discovery, um, you know, we, we are what we are. And, uh, you know, as, as we once had to tell a board member who asked, you know, what are, what are the odds of us finding and making a discovery this summer? It was, the answer was, well, if it's not there, zero. And if it's, but if it's there, <laughs> if it's there, we'll find it. Um, and, and so, you know, we, it, it's to us, it's a matter of having enough uh, irons in the fire that, that you're not completely reliant on one Hail Mary, because as we've seen, this stuff can be anywhere and, uh, and, and it's not found easily. And it takes, you know, as we've seen with, with, with Arrow and Triple R and, and Rough Rider, et cetera, I think the average spend was, was 15 to $20 million on that particular project before the discovery hole was found. I mean, people lose sight of that, you know, the money that was made just to make a dis find a discovery hole. And then it was up as much as $50 million to actually turn it into a resource. So, you know, it, it's, it's not a cheap endeavor and you can't do it by spending half a million bucks a year. On a, on a project necessarily. So you, you have to continually prioritize, reprioritize, and, and, and then be committed to, uh, you know, where you do see promise is to, you know, go in, go all in. It, it strikes me that, that looking at the uranium space over the past two and a half years, as, as we have, that there are some companies perhaps better suited uh, to operate in an environment where spot price or contract prices are, are not moving. <laughs> because it's easier to tell that story about the what, what could be. And there are others who have stronger fundamentals, have our focus on finding, making discoveries. Um, I perhaps going to find it a little bit easier. And it's not the, I think, therefore, there's a point at which the market's going to find it easier to work out who's who at the zoo. Yeah, and that, that's, that's the trade-off. I mean, the reason we're able to you know, survive the last 10 years of, of drought is, is because... We're, we're operating in a, in a place where the rewards are massive. You know, it, that's it. I mean, we're, 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 because we're dealing in the basin, we're dealing with 20% uranium grades, we're dealing with something stupid, then yes, we can be, I mean, we knew next gen when, right? We were, we were borrowing sugar from each other out in the woods. Um, and then all of a sudden they hit something and it went from zero to my God. And that's what happens up there. That's, that's very specific, I think, to that area. And that's why we can, we can continue to, to operate up there and work up there and find investors for up there because, sure, there's a big risk, but, but ridiculously high reward. Uh, 
If you're dealing in the U.S. and you know, and in the U.S. market, you can't, as an exploration company, you can't, you can't do that. You can't play that game. I mean, a company making um, mine size down in the U.S. is maybe 10 million pounds at 0.15 percent. You know, we're going to town. But so you can't be an exploration company hoping that's what you're going to come up with. You have to be a development company ready to put some of that stuff into. Like you, you now have to show your cash flow and your your end game here. So it, it, it really is a different, different tale. Okay. You, um, you put out your exploration update at the beginning of August. Um, I think people should go and have a look at that if they want to get into a little bit more detail. Um, what are we, when will we see you next? What will we be talking about? Um, I would suspect that we'll be back to talk to you um, closer to the end of the year, maybe November. Um, we'll, have, uh, we'll, we'll have seen what drilling we can get done uh, in the next month or so. And, uh, you know, more than not, we'll be interested in seeing what the markets are doing at that point in time, because it's, uh, it's been an interesting year. Nothing, nothing's been standing still for too long this last year. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.